we question which only a prophet can answer. Question one, ask him about the room. Question two, ask him about the great traveler who traveled to the ends of the earth. Question three, ask him about a young man who disappeared the answers came down in Revelation. The answer to question one, ask him about the rule. That answer was placed in Surah Bani Israel, which is Surah number 17. It's also called Surah Al-Israel. But the answers to question two and question three were placed in Surah Al-Kan. <laughs> Nothing happens by accident in the Quran. There must be a reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His wisdom did that. And so we ask that first. In what way is question one different from question two and three? And we found in question one the target of the question rule. When the answer came, the answer was concerning the rule. So the question was direct. But when we went to question two, we found asking of the great traveler who traveled to the two ends of the earth. After Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had answered the question, journey to the west and then journey to the east, he went on to describe the third journey. And in that third journey, the subject of Yajuj and Najuj emerged. One of the major signs of the last age of Qiyamah. A subject which only a prophet can know. And so we came to the conclusion that the target of the question was concealed. The real target of the question was God and Makar. But it was conceived. And so question two differs from question one. In that it is conceived. In question three, since question three was answered also in Surah Dulkath, and question two is answered in Surah Al-Qur'an. We now ask, well, what is the difference between question three and question one? If the difference between two and one is that in two, the real target of the question is conceived, whereas in one, the target of the question is revealed, we come to the conclusion that in three as well, the real target of the question is conceived. 
or is the real target of the question? We don't know it yet. So this is the answer to this. In what way is question one different from question two and three? In question one, the target of the question is clear and direct. But in two and three, it is concealed. Now comes the second matter that we discussed in the last class. When Allah answered the first question, his way of responding was, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الرُّوحِ And they questioned thee, O Muhammad, alayhi salatu islam, about the rule. They, or are they? Obviously, you cannot deal with this subject without going into the circumstances of the revelation. Maybe the rabbis. And he identifies the question, the rope, and the question be concerning the rope. When he answers question two, he uses the same method. This is in Surah Al-Kahf. And they question me about Zulkarnay, the great traveler. So the method of answering is the same. Confirming the question, confirming who are those who are questioning, and then they answer it. So there's a similarity now between one and two. But when we come to number three, Allah does not say, and they question thee concerning the young men in the No. That is omitted. And we say nothing happens in the Quran by accident. There must be a reason why it is omitted. And they question thee concerning the young men in the In what way, therefore, are one and two different from three? The answer that we gave yesterday was, the last week, but that Allah answered question one directly. You want to know about the rule? This is the rule. He answered question two, even though the target was concealed, he brought it out. You want to know about Gaga Magab? This is Gaga Magab. But in question three, the target is concealed. And he chooses not to reveal it. This is a different one and two and number three. So he left them guessing. What then is the target of question three? Not of a question. A subject which only a prophet would know. No one else. We use analogical reasoning. Since in question two, it was one of the signs of the last of Qiyamah. Then in question three, it should also be one of the signs of Qiyamah. 
Then we got confirmation that this is correct. But the Prophet he explained, recite Surah Dukkah, the first ten ayat of protection from the fitna of Dajjah. And that is how we were able to come to the conclusion that the rabbis wanted to know whether Nabi Muhammad knew about Gog and Magog, knew about Dajjal, and knew about that tricky question to we explain to you why it was tricky. We don't need to repeat. Having done that in the last class is a very important reasoning. We now in today's class give you an introduction to Dajjal. Who is Dajjal? The Prophet described him as Al-Masih al-Dajjal. Dajjal who will impersonate Al-Masih the Messiah. And so he's called the false Messiah, the great pretender. The Christians call him the Antichrist. Since he has to impersonate the Messiah, we have to ask, why is Allah doing this? And secondly, what does he have to do in order to impersonate the Messiah? And thirdly, what is his modus operandi? What is his method? How do he impersonate the Messiah? What are his tools and his victims? To answer the first question, why does he have to impersonate the Messiah? Well, that's easy for us because we know that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Messiah, some of the Badu Israel believed in him. But the rabbis, the establishment, rejected him. They said he could be the Messiah because a man of the state from Naudu Bizar in Hala, he's a bastard. And a bastard cannot be the Messiah. We have a lecture on this subject coming up, inshallah, on the 21st of March, the week of the day. An Islamic view of the return of Nabi Isa alayhi salam. The lecture was scheduled to be at the Darul Hanan in Ravinsad. Unfortunately, those who are creating war on the Sheikh of Islam have now extended the war to me as well. So, we are being denied the use of that uh, facility. But um, we try, they, the people who control that facility, they are very angry over what it is. So, there is still a possibility that we can have that. Uh, but if not, we are looking to get another place in Shabbat. But we are accustomed to this around the world. When they close the door, Allah opens another door. Yes. So, when that lecture takes place, an Islamic view of the return of Nabi Isa Islam, we will deal in detail what does the Quran say about the last 12 hours. That's what the movie is about. 
the last 12 hours in the life of Jesus or Islam, well, the Quran speaks on the subject. <coughs> and it is like, in fact, that chapter of the book gives it a He can now declare, I am the Messiah. And he can rub his hands and declare, mission accomplished. This then is what the child has to do in order to successfully impersonate the Messiah. Oh, one more thing we can add. Maina Mata. You will have to destroy the present Masjid, Masjid Al-Aqsa. And you have to rebuild another temple get the Jews to believe that this is the temple of Solomon, which is now in restored. But you cannot have the Islamic state of Israel, but this is why the Jews concerned, you cannot have the state of Israel without the temple. So four things the Jahad has to do in order to successfully impersonate the Messiah and rule the world. Number one, you have to liberate the Holy Land for the Jews. Number two, you have to force the Jews to return to the Holy Land to reclaim it as their own. Number three, you have to restore the state of Israel in the Holy Land and get the Jews to believe that this is the Israel of all which has been restored. And number four, we have to cause our state of Israel to become the ruling state in the world. Then he will have to himself appear to rule the world from Jerusalem. With a rule which will appear to be eternal. Nabi Muhammad al-Islam explained that the child when he appears will be a human being. He will be born of Jewish parents who had never had any children previously, the first child. He will grow up as a Jewish boy, grow up to be a young man, powerfully built, with curly hair. He also said something about his eyes. He said, every prophet has warned his people about the child. As Nuh the prophet Noah, warned his people about the child. But I am going to tell you something, said Nabi Muhammad. I am going to tell you something about him which no one has said before me. So this is information of the absolutely greatest importance and it is saying for the very last because no profit after this. What is this information? The child sees with one eye, his left eye. He's blind in the right eye. It looks like a bulging grip. But your Lord is not one eye. 
between his eyes on his forehead is written the word Kafir. Kafir. And every opening will be able to read it. Somebody move the clock from him. Kafir.
The world that Dajjal creates, in the world which will embrace an epistemology, the knowledge comes only from external sources. The foundation of religion is belief in a world you can't see. Al-Ghaib. Al-Ladina yukminuna al-Ghaib. A world which cannot be observed with your external opposition. But you must believe in it. Al-Ghaib. So the minute you absorb and you accept and you embrace the jobs and mystemology, that's the end of religion. Religion is finished. It has no foundation left on it. This then is a brief description of the job. The Prophet describes some of his methodology, how he will operate in order to achieve this fabulous feat of one man eventually ruling the whole world. Among the things that he says about the Jal is that he has a, if excuse my language, a PhD in this section. Uh, a PhD in this section. He comes with two things, a river and a fire. Said the Prophet This is the language of prophets. Simple words, profound statement. He comes with two things, a river and a fire. For his river, is a fire. And his fire is the cool waters of a river. The river of course symbolizes heaven and the fire symbolizes hell. Whoever falls in his river will have his load of sins increased. And whoever falls in his fire will have his load of sins decreased. In other words, the child takes the road to heaven and makes it look like the road to hell, to fire. And he takes the road to hell and he makes it look like the road to heaven. There we go. In other words, appearance and reality completely and totally different from each other whenever the jar strikes. What a thing is would be quite different from what it appears to be. And those who formulate judgment based only on the left eye, external observation, rational inquiry, experimentation. Those who formulate judgment based only on external observation will be able to analyze only the world of appearances and they will always be deceived. The only one who can penetrate the reality when the Jala dies to see things as they are, not as they appear to be on CNN and TV of times. 
the only one who will be able to penetrate the reality of things when the child attacks is the one who sees not only with the left eye, external observation, but also with the right eye, the internal, intuitive, spiritual insight, which is something that only the believer has. Amongst the weapons that he uses is shirk. Any time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Ibrahim alayhi salam, the one from whom religion came, of Ibrahim alayhi salam, he always says, that there is no shirk in the religion of Ibrahim alayhi The minute we embrace the ship, we've lost the stuff. We're only whistling in the wind. We're whistling in the mud. The minute we embrace the the most overt form of ship, of course, is to worship an idol. Or to worship a man. Instead of God, Allah. But the Prophet warned. When the child strikes with shirk, the anger is so great and bad that you can easily recognize it. It will be very difficult to recognize that shirk when the child strikes you with shirk. How difficult, Yasi? How difficult would it be? Uh-huh. Okay. No, someone else? Yes, yes, go ahead. Yes, correct. <laughs> the, the messenger of Allah said, when the dog strikes you with shirk, it will be as difficult to see and recognize that shirk as it would be to recognize a black ant or a black stone on a dark night. Did you hear that? A black ant on a black stone on a dark night. Who can see such an ant? Except the one who has a flashlight. Huh? You need light. You can forget that light with a PhD from you of your eye. No. The light that you need to be able to recognize the shirk when the child attacks is the light which comes only from Allah. Noor from Allah. Noor is not a matter living as you Noor means lightness. Light. Allah Noor Allah is the Noor of the heavens and earth. Allah guides to his door whosoever Allah wishes to guide. Our elders knew this something very well. <laughs> we live in an age today that knowledge is leaving, imparting us to what was known very well by our elders in Trinidad today. The Lord, the Prophet said, a 
alayhi salatu wasalam, a hadith of Mawlana Ansari was very fond of quoting. It took you for us at the moment. Fear. Fear the firasa. The awesome internal intuitive spiritual insight and wisdom. Fear the firasa of the mu'min. The mu'min, the one who is Islam has entered the heart. Because when he sees, he sees with the nur of Allah. The Jal attacks not only with shirk, that shirk is today what are Besides, so don't tell me every Friday. Friday. Only time we use the word Friday. We should. <laughs> yeah, we should. All the days of the week like that. And all the months of the year like that. Just check it out in your encyclopedia. You'll see for yourself. Friday is the day of Friday. Friday is the Scandinavian goddess. It was Hanuman Day that you recognized. Everybody recognized. Yeah, I call it Hanuman Day, man. <laughs> This is why we always have to be making dua, Oh Allah, kindly forgive us the shirk that we commit knowingly or unknowingly. Kindly forgive us. The shirk is present in the political system. But around the world today, no longer does the political system recognize Allah's sovereignty. That's God. It used to be there. The Hindus had it, the Christians had it, the Jews had it, the Muslims had it, everybody had it. A political system would recognize sovereignty above and beyond the world. At today is God, a new secular age has come, which recognizes no sovereignty beyond the sovereignty of the state. Allah's authority is no longer recognized as supreme, the sovereignty, the authority of the state is supreme. Allah's law is no longer recognized as the supreme law. The law of the state is the supreme law. Allah can make something halal, the state can make it haram. Allah can make something haram, the state can legalize it and make it halal. All of this is true. But very few are there who can see and recognize the truth. The Prophet of Islam was now warned that the age of the Jal will be the age of Kathratu Riba. Riba taking control of the economy around the world in the age of the Jal. That's what it is. The Prophet of Islam spoke about the Jal and he said that the last people to come out of the Jal will be women. The last people to come out to the jail will be women. Remember Kalibala? The last people to come out to the jail will be women. And a man would have to return to his home and tie down his wife and sister and daughter to protect and preserve them from the jail, indicating that they'll be under a spell, brainwashed. You can warn them, and you don't want them, you make no difference, like water falling on the back of a tongue. You have to use coercive authority, coercive authority on them, to be able to protect them 
from being seduced by the job. The Akhadis is today fulfilled in the modern feminist revolution. There are several Ahadiths of Dajjal concerning Dajjal which show the link with the scientific, the continuing scientific revolution. In fact, there are Ahadiths on the basis of which we can predict what's coming in the world of science Dajjal is going to ride on a donkey. The donkey will travel as fast as the clouds. The donkey will have his ears stretched out wide. For those who are incapable of sourcing knowledge other than that which is literal, that is, which is observation, for such people, they insist that we got away from that flying donkey. It is not our intention to speak disparagingly about them or to make fun of them. That's not our intention. But there are lots and lots and lots of scholars today who are imprisoned in that prison of being incapable of understanding anything else except that which is literally presented. And hence incapable of grappling with the subject of religious symbolism. Incapable. You and I can easily recognize that flying donkey. You're going to have to get you have a good example, but in fact, I'll you here. All the way from Tuvalu. You and I can easily recognize that flying donkey, the modern aircraft. The child is going to step in the ocean, and the water will reach him up to his knee, said the prophet of Israel. For those who are imprisoned in a literal interpretation, they're going to have to wait for a very tall man. Double miles tall. Who is stepping the ocean and the water reach him up his knee. But you and I who understand knowledge comes not only from external observation but also from internal intuitive critical insight, we see the religious symbolism here and recognize that it represents the technology which today makes it possible to go down to the bottom of the ocean and pick up pieces of an aircraft, either to 800, and reassemble the whole aircraft 90%, 95%. Of that. The is going to be jumping about between the heavens and the earth, said the Prophet of Islam. A literal interpretation will require us to wait for a man who is very tall, so when he jumps, his head is going to go beyond this, the clouds. You've got a long wait for that. You and I can recognize religious symbolism about here. It represents space travel. It represents the, what do you call that, the shuttle going up and down. There are numerous ahadi which link the 
with the continuing scientific and technological revolution. Now, we have to proceed with the subject. All I'm doing here tonight is introducing the subject, touching a mountain tops. The Prophet is in Medina. And a man named Kamim al-Dari, a Christian, takes the Shahada, becomes a Muslim. And he comes to the Prophet of Islam and he narrates an event. The Prophet of Islam asks the people, keep sitting after the Salat. I have something to say to you. Kamim al-Dari came to me and told me something about the Jal which confirms what I have been saying which confirmed what I have been saying to you. And then we get the story from the blessed lips of the Prophet Here is the story. You read it in the book of Shah. The people Dari and some 30 or 40 of his companions went on board a ship. And the storms came and blew the ship for a whole month until they reached land. It was an island. The Hadith does not tell us how they knew it was Manaya. When they got on shore, they were confronted by a very hairy creature or beast. So much hair, you could hardly tell which side is head or which side is tail. This creature or beast then spoke and said, I am Jassasa. You know, I've just recited in the first rakat. Do not spy on each other. Command. So Jasasa, the one who spies, the spy. So here is an island which conceals its true identity and which has excellence in spying and espionage. Yasasa then pointed to a monastery. So an island which is sometime is going to be Krishna. I said, there's a man waiting for you there. So they rushed to the monastery and there they found this young man, powerfully built, curly hair. But he's in chains. His hands are chained to his neck. And his feet are chained together. He questions them. Lots of questions. You read it in the, in the chapter. And at the end of the questioning, he declares, I am Dajjal. And when I am released, so up to this moment in time, he's not as yet released by Allah. When I am released, I will enter every town and every city. But the angels will not allow me to enter Makkah and Madina. This is the height that the Prophet Allah is not Shortly thereafter, In Manila, the Prophet who has been talking about the Jal for a few months now, 
suddenly suspects a Jewish boy to be the job. The boy's name is Ibri Sayyad. So the Prophet takes Omar with him to go and question this young man. He goes and questions him. And the young man is rather impertinent in his replies. We don't have the time to give you the conversation. Omar is quite angry. You're a messenger of Allah. Give me permission, I'll cut off his head. Should he? Next present guardian was he the terrorist. Oh messenger of Allah, give me permission, I'll cut off his head. This is Omar. Islam don't come. Islam don't come from the problem we have today. Islam comes from Allah and his messenger. And these are the companions of the Prophet of Islam. O Messenger of Allah, give me permission and I'll cut off his head. The Prophet replied and said, No, Omar. Now listen carefully. If he is the girl, you cannot kill him. Even Omar? Huh? And powerful? The Prophet said about Omar, إِذَا سَلَكَ فَجَّنْ سَلَكَ الشَّيْطَانُ فَجَّنْ آتَّمْ When Omar walks on one side of your hood, Shaitan is the other side. It's Omar. No, Omar, if he is the judge, you cannot kill him. And if he is not the judge, you will be sinful. Indicating, indicating that the possibility exists that he can be the judge. Indicating that the possibility exists that he can be the judge. But that possibility cannot exist unless the judge is released. And so what this event is tailored and programmed to convey to us is the news of the release of the Dajjal, which took place in the lifetime of the Prophet If the Dajjal has been released, and he is now commencing his mission to impersonate the Messiah and to eventually rule the world from Jerusalem the way George Bush is ruling from Washington, where is he? Now comes the hadith which is the crucially important hadith, so important that I got a Malay artist to sign the cover of this book based on that hadith. You see three circles on the cover of it. Here is the hadith. When the child is released, he will live on earth for 40 days. We took up the subject earlier. You remember the first masjid and the second masjid that there were 40 years in between? Remember? Now we say, wait a minute now. History we know is a couple thousand years, not 40 years. And we realize that there are different dimensions of time. So we don't take this literally. When the John is released, he live on earth for 40 days. One day like a year, one day like a month, 
one day like a week and the rest of his days like your days, like your days. No, I'm putting it incorrectly. Yawmun kasanati, a day which will be like a year. Yawmun kashar, a day which will be like a month. Yawmun kajum'ah, a day which will be like a week. وَسَائِلُ أَيَّامِهِكَ أَيَّامِكُمْ And all his days like your days, meaning all the rest of his days like your days. Now when his day is like our day, he will be in our dimension of time. Okay? So we'll be able to see it. To be a young man, to be a Jew, to be a young man, probably in his early years, etc. Where will he be on earth at that time? Jerusalem. Ruling the world from Jerusalem. That's where he will be on earth. Or where will he be on earth? When he is in a day which is like a year, and a day like a month, and a day like a week. This, I believe, is the most important point brought out in this for the first time ever it been brought out in When he is in a day like a year, he is not in our dimension of time, so we can't see it. Similarly with a day like a month and a day like a week, we can't see it. Bodies on earth. Are there angels here? It is true. Of course. Can we see that? No. Can an angel appear in a form that we can see the angel? Yes. Famous example? Ibrahim al Islam coming to the human being. Are there jinn here? Plenty of Washington. Can we see them? Can we see them? No. Can a jinn appear? In our world, we can see the jinn. Which one? Iblis. Iblis appeared as an old man with a walking stick. Remember? If you don't remember, you are going to. Similarly, the child is in a world that we can't see him. But he's there. And at the last stage of his mission, when his day will be like our day, he will enter into our world and we'll be able to see him. Where will he be when he's released in a day which is like a year? Answer is very simple. He has to be on that island. When he's released in a day which is like a year, he's got to be in that island. Which is about one month's journey by sea from the Arab world. Which conceals his true identity. Outside it looks as one thing, but inside is something else. And which has a PhD in spying and espionage. Which island is it? Don't tell me Singapore. Every time I ask this question in Malaysia, most answer is Singapore. <laughs> which answer? Which island is it? My answer. This is my answer. And anyone is free to differ with me and say I'm wrong, 
But I always say, if you say I'm wrong, you're not allowed to leave the wall. If I'm wrong, you will tell me what's the right answer. And you will give me the evidence to support your answer. It is from this island that the child must proceed with his mission to liberate the Holy Land, to bring the Jews back to the Holy Land, to restore the state of Israel, and then to call that Israel to become the ruling state in the world from this island. Which island is it? My answer. And I'm only giving you a small amount of evidence. It's much, much more. In 1917, October 1917, it is the British government who issued the Balfour Declaration that it is the intention of the British government to work for the establishment of a Jewish national home in the Holy Land. Between 19, December 1917, it is the British army led by a British general, Ali, defeats the Turkish army, liberates the Holy Land. Between 1917 and 1948, Britain has a mandate power over the Holy Land conferred by the League of Nations. And during that period of time, the Jews are allowed to return, European Jews. In 1948, Britain acts as a big wife for the lady to be born. The state of Israel. And so I have come to the conclusion that the island in the Hadith of Domingo Dari is Britain. And so when the child is in India, which is like a year, Britain is his headquarters. And I noted that he who wants to rule the world eventually transforms Britain into the ruling state of the world. Suddenly and mysteriously, Britain becomes the ruling state of the world. I'm running out of time. In the First World War, we notice the transformation, the transfer of power from one ruling state to a second. The United States of America replaces Britain and becomes the second ruling state in the world. The United States of America maintains the strangest and most mysterious and most mystifying and most inexplicable relationship with Israel. Don't bother to attempt to explain the U.S.-Israeli relationship using any tools of political analysis. There is only one man who can explain the relationship between the United States of America and Israel. And that man is Nabi Muhammad Nobody has to do it. What is the explanation? The child is now in a day which is like a man. And so we have a second ruling state. The most important point that comes out of this book, the Rosalind of the Quran, is that we are now living at that moment in time when a day which is like a month is coming to an end. And a day which is like a week is about to commence. Maybe stage three of the mission of that job. When a day which is like a month comes to an end, then the United States of America will no longer be the ruling state. A third state will have to be the new ruling state. Which will it be? Don't tell me Japan. 
that we tighten up. Uh, UWI can answer this. The think tanks in Washington cannot answer this. Only those who study at the feet of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, only they can say that the new ruling state of the world is going to be the state of Israel. Only they can say. When Israel becomes a ruling state in the world, then the Jal will have moved to a day which is like a week. How long will a day like a week last? I got this question from Montreal. It's not installed in Montreal. We can only make a guess. We cannot speak with precision. Maybe about 30, 40 years, Israel will be ruling state in the world. And at the end of that time, the child now enters into a day which is like our day. At that time, Imam Mahdi also emerges. At that time, the Isa Islam returns. And so those who are young may live to see this. May live to see it. We are that close now to the end of it. When the Isa Islam returns, of course, he will kill the child. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will destroy Gog and Magog and that will be the end of the ruling people who are ruling the world. I would like you to read the chapter in the book. Remember, if you do not have a copy and you want to buy a copy, the price is sixty dollars. If you have difficulty in paying the sixty, we'll give you a discount inshallah. If you cannot afford to buy the book and you just want to read, please do keep it very clean so that when you return the book, we can use it to be sold to others.